Hey there, this is Sophie. Welcome to the episode in which I'll be talking with Yvonne Lomeli. She is a Mexican undergraduate student at one of the best universities overall in Mexico. She is also an undergraduate researcher at a tissue engineering labs, and she has worked on projects involving microfluidics, as well as participating in an iGEM competition. So iGEM is this international synthetic biology competition. Her team won a gold medal with a project related to cystic fibrosis. So we'll be focusing this conversation on how to get dope opportunities as an undergraduate student, as well as IDEM and other kind of crazy ideas that she's come up with, and maybe even starting a, a, a startup uh, in the future as well. So Yvonne, it's a great pleasure to have you on this podcast, and just feel free to introduce yourself. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is actually my first time recording a podcast, uh, so I'm a little bit nervous, but I hope everything is going to come out excellent. Okay, so I just recently got involved in research. So my first actual big project that I was um, involved in was in 2019. I was part of, of an IGEM team with Team Tech Monterrey uh, from my university, and it was an amazing experience. Um, besides that, last year I got involved in an actual um, um, an, like research group, which is the Alvarez Trujillo Lab in which I have been developing two projects. The first one and like the one that's most developed, it's a project on fabrication of three-dimensional cancer tumor models using microfluidics. So yeah, I've been involved in that and it's been super exciting and yeah. Awesome. On to the first question. How did you get started in the world of biotech? I know that each one of us has a different story and I'm sure that yours is very interesting. So how did this happen? So like, first of all, I want to say I'm really impressed with like kids like you that have been involved in research since they're in high school, some even since they're in like middle school. I think that's awesome. That was not my case. I actually got involved in biotech and uh, I, I, started knowing about research at the end of my high school. I was, I did the international baccalaureate program and for this program, you have to do an individual sort of mini research project called the extended essay. And my extended essay was on chemistry. And I got the opportunity to go to some labs at the university I now study in. And even though it was a pretty super basic experience and it was nothing compared to the actual to actual research, it did gave me like my first taste of being in, in the lab and working for four to five hours continuously and sometimes having to troubleshoot or not knowing what was going on. So yeah. I say that was my first approach to research, which like my undergraduate. Um, extended essay and after that I knew that I was interested in research so I went to explore a little bit more and that's where um, once I entered university I found iGEM and after iGEM then I found my <laughs> research group and it was just like this sort of chain of events that started to develop wow. um, so that was how I knew about biotech 
Well, that's a very good story, actually. I think that we could extend a little bit more on what the IB was like for you. I know that there are many different perspectives, uh, especially like being in different parts of the world. This program can change a lot, and of course, according to each person's like experience with it. So, what can you tell us about that? Yes, the IB. Even though the IB is um, high school program. Still called the International Baccalaureate because it basically means that um, all of the universities that I mean the high schools that are affiliated to it get to experience the same level of challenging classes, projects, um, etc. And then they switch these examinations and these projects between examinators from different parts of the world. So, for example, it's just an example. Like my extended essay could have been or my exams or my the projects that I, I did for the Ivy could have been um, like uh, graded by an examiner in Argentina or in Europe or in um, Asia. So you sort of get this, um, get leveled up with everyone else in the world, but it does come with many challenges and everyone's experience is a little bit different. My experience was, I'd say, like a pretty traumatic experience. And I don't want to scare anyone who's in the <laughs> IB program. It's just different for everybody. Yeah. Um, it depends a lot on the teachers that you have, on uh, the high school that you have, and the amount of experience you high, your high school has with IB. If your high school has a lot of subjects and really experienced teachers, not with knowledge. Like, I, I'm sure every teacher has an amazing amount of knowledge, but with the way that the IV works and that examination works is super standardized. So this can vary. And my experience was not super positive. I'd say it's full of a lot of stress and a lot of organization with your time. Overall, there are always good things and bad things. My good thing was that I did my extended essay and I got to know about, you know, research and yeah. that's what led me where I'm now but um, I'd say it it has like a mental health like a toll on your mental health and it's something that can teach you a lot about your limits and about where you should set the line um, regarding the amount of projects you can get involved in regarding the amount of work you can put in and that it taught me first of all that my mental health and my physical health comes before anything else. So I think that's super important for anyone that is like super dedicated with their projects, with school, and that cares very much about their future. First of all, comes your mental health, and that's like the most important part. Afterwards, your school is also super important, but um, there are there is a lot of stress that you can save um, measuring yourself and the amount of work you put in. So yeah, that was my experience, and I mean, I took uh, for anyone in the IB, I took three high-level subjects and the rest middle-level. So I'd say I didn't I, I didn't take the hardest subjects, and I also got like a pretty decent I mean like regular score. I I wasn't like the super smartest person in my high school. I wasn't a top score. I got like a thirty, which is not bad, but it's not good. <laughs> so mm. yeah, it was an experience. I leave it there. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the IB 
um, can be very different for different people in different parts of the world with different interests and context. So for me personally, I hesitated a lot on, on doing the IB because I mean, I love doing research and learning about science and other things. But in the end, I, I decided that maybe in the long term, it wouldn't be what uh, would really help me succeed maybe. Or I don't know, I just uh, didn't take that decision. But anyways, moving on to the next question. You, okay, you fell in love with biotech and then you started your career in engineering biotechnology, which would be kind of the um, equivalent name for uh, between Mexico and other countries. But uh, anyways, again, you then switched to a nanotechnology related career. So why did you take this decision? Why, why the change? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, we're from Mexico, so the college majors, minors is a little bit different. In here, you just have your major and that's it. You don't have a minor and that's your career. So I, before, before, uh, when I was in high school, I had this idea. I was like very determined to study, um, to go to medical school. And in here, you enter directly to medical school. It's not like, uh, it's not yeah. this sort of after college degree. So... <clears throat> I got into medical school and, you know, it was all, all okay and nice. Everyone warns you about the amount of sleep you're going to get, that it's going to oh, be yeah. like three hours every night and that you're going to suffer for the rest of your life because <laughs> it's super hard. But I was like super determined. I was like, I can do this. I'm like super smart. I, I can do everything. And like the pride was super high, <laughs> like, yeah, my pride was soaring, which is not always the best thing. Um, so, um, yeah, I got into this school and it was great, but then, uh, you applied to these scholarships and I applied to the scholarships and when you apply, they separate you. So for this medical school at the same university, they give less scholarships than for the rest of the programs. I don't know why they have their reasons, the university or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that even though I got a great score in my like admissions exam and I had great grades and everything, I didn't get this scholarship. So I was super mad. I was like, how could this guy or girl that got like even a lower score than me on my um, entrance exam got a scholarship and I didn't? Oh. And that's when it was like, I'd say it's not a, a, it wasn't a reason to stop studying, going to medical school, but for me, it made me think about whether I actually did want to go to medical school or was it just because I thought it was hard and I wanted to challenge myself. And I found out doing this like internalized thinking that I just wanted to study medical school because it was challenging, uh, because I wanted to uh, challenge, I knew I could do it and maybe I could do it. But it was not my dream. And I this was when I remember my extended from high school. And I remember the amount of time I spent in the lab. And it was awesome. And I had the best time of my life. And it was just sort of a super quick decision. I was like, I don't want to study medicine. I'm going to buy a book. <laughs> like <laughs> that. It was literally like the, the week that I was supposed to do my schedule. Wow. So I just switched majors right before entering to college and I went into biotech. And yeah, you're right, in, in my college, biotech is not like um, oriented towards research, it's biotechnology engineering. So it does have 
as uh, an area of research, but it's mostly focused on industrial processes. And I, I don't really love that. I prefer <laughs> research. So I, I did a semester as a biotech um, major. And afterwards, I was like looking for a different other majors in my university that was related because I still love, love science. So that's where I found my actual current career, which is, it's called, like the actual name is called Chemistry and Nanotechnology Engineering. It is actually like 90% chemistry, 10% nanotech. So it's, it's basically pure chemistry, but this career is oriented towards research. We have tons of laboratories, which right now with the current pandemic, it's awful because <laughs> we cannot have those laboratories. And yeah, it's yeah. been an issue. But um, what can yeah, you say? I, uh, sorry, like what can you say are the main differences between um, a biological oriented career and the chemical nanotechnology one? Well, I mean, at first, the first semesters, there was no difference whatsoever. But because one in here, in this case, one career is directed towards processes and the other one is directed towards research, they have some slight differences. Sometimes I, I even though I switched my years, sometimes I wish I had stayed in biotech and sometimes I really love my career. Okay. So my career has a lot of, it has a little bit of everything. It has a lot of chemistry, it has biology, it has physics, and it has a lot of research projects. So there are classes I don't always love, like some of the physics I have a little bit of trouble with, even though I act, like there's some super cool physics um, <laughs> classes, especially ones like, like physical chemistry, uh, those I love them, <laughs> but they're challenging. Um, so yeah, there's some, I think in both, um, they have, and well, for example, in biotech, you have, um, you see a lot of, well, more biology in depth. Pro they have a class on proteins and they have bioprocesses and they have microbiology and um, genetic engineering, which is sort of related awesome. to iGEM, while we're gonna talk afterwards. Mm -hmm. So they are different, but at the same time, from what I have heard from professors, if if you are not fulfilled by like if in this case biotech is not like research, it's not focused on research, they have told me that it's easier to go to a chemistry major and, and learn all the basics of biology because biology is made up of chemistry, um, and then you know the basics of biology, and then you can move to my to biotech very easily. So that was my plan. I was like, instead of learning about processes that I don't care of and that I'm like gonna be bored with, I preferred to learn about more physics, more chemistry, some biology, like the basics of everything. And afterwards you can move to any, or maybe not any, but many um, areas. You can go to physics, there are chem theoretical, like theoretical chemists that come out of my career, people that go into engineering processes, people that go into biotech. So I'd say my career in chemistry is a lot more general. You have a lot of fields that you can go to in biotech, super focused. And I, I still don't know if I want to stay in biotech full time. So that's why I chose the more diverse career. But as I said before, you're, I think that one of the biggest lessons here is that any career, like, uh, I'm sorry, like, 
no career is gonna fulfill like a hundred percent your expectations you're always gonna have subjects that you don't like or some semesters that are not your favorite ones so I see it more like choose a career that is going to direct you towards what you want to do in the future. In this case, my career is directing me towards lab projects, research, towards giving me the ability to go from biology to physics to chemistry. So that's what I chose. But it's a lot of personal preference, I'd say. For sure. Uh, Sometimes, as you say, it depends on each person's perspectives and interests. And sometimes careers can be tricky, as you were mentioning before we started recording. They can sometimes be about more like a marketing um, game rather than actually learning about nanotechnology. So now I want to talk about, okay, so you became a nanotechnology student, um, and then you became enrolled in more kind of activities and programs like entering this research lab and entering the iGEM team of your university. And my question is, how, why actually did you decide to enroll in all of these activities? Sometimes it may be obvious for some people, for others it may not. And uh, maybe let's focus this question on why is it important to get those skills and those abilities and that professional experience? And of course, just in your personal opinion. Yeah, in my case, I think it's different for everybody, but in my case, I think it's mostly out of fright, like actual fright of like when graduating, I would not be able to find a job or way to survive so it's different for like every region in the world every country in the world if you're like in boston i don't know how (laughs) it's in there but like there's a lot of biotech in boston so maybe if you come out of a university in there you have a an easier path to follow i don't know but here in mexico it's like pretty challenging to develop in the sciences it's not like it's not, science is not embedded into our society. So my thought from day one, it was like, I don't know, I, I don't want to die from hunger. I don't want to starve. I got to work. So when I come out of university, I have all this, this experience and I can get an amazing job wherever I want. So if I want to stay in Mexico, I can stay in Mexico. If I want to go to the United States, Canada, Europe, Asia, whatever, I can go there and, and I have all of these tools and knowledge that I can apply and I'm going to be like super smart. So whatever your reason, even if I think, I don't know, I think any university is going to teach you the the classes, the theoretic work, you're going to have labs maybe, and there are some amazing universities. My university is pretty cool, I'm not going to lie. But your university is not going to teach you everything. Like, they, they're going to give you the basic stuff. And it's up to you to know how you apply those, those things that you learn. Um, so in my case, I decided to get involved into research projects. Um, I actually find them a lot more interesting than my classes. I think that my classes are super general. And they teach me, like, a little bit of everything. But at the end, I have... There's some times in which I don't have, I don't learn the necessary knowledge to actually apply it in any area. So, yeah, I mean, I think if, if 
when you graduate or if you want to get involved in a project, you have to do the research and you have to go farther than just your classes. Because your classes, yeah, they're good, but they're never enough, I think. Yeah, for so, sure. So, um, that's... yeah, that's how I found other projects. Yes, this may be kind of a little bit unconventional for maybe other people listening around the world, but maybe in underdeveloped countries like Mexico or even in developed countries like the United States, sometimes undergraduate students aren't only thinking about studying and learning in college, but also thinking a little bit ahead about what their jobs are going to look like and what professional experience they need to acquire beforehand. And so I think that this is a big lesson to take away from this from this podcast. But digging deeper into choosing opportunities as an undergraduate researcher, or actually as an undergraduate student, how do you know which one is going to offer you the most value, like in which one you're going to develop better as a person and as a professional person I guess in both like the personal and the professional aspect what was this like for you I think if you're a student doesn't matter what experience you find you're gonna learn anyway because if you're a student you have like zero knowledge like yeah you can be super smart and get hundreds and all of your classes but still it's like no knowledge compared to everything that's out there and you lack a lot of experience and a lot of um like soft skills not necessarily knowledge but there are many soft skills that can be learned from any project that you get involved in whether it's related to science or not so uh in case of um high school students or undergraduate students which is what i have experience on um there are many student groups organizations clubs you can get involved in i think that's the best way to not only to get experience, but to meet people. Like meeting people is super important because that's the people that you're gonna work with in the future. And that's the people that you're gonna, I don't know. I mean, you're not gonna use them as, like assets or anything, but knowing people is, can lead you to many opportunities and a big network is always like super great because you have people from anywhere in the world you can get to know their perspectives, their point of view, and your point of view then gets bigger. So yeah, for example, in my first semester at college, I didn't get involved in that many activities because I wanted to sort of get a grasp of what classes were. I have friends that actually got involved in like tons of stuff and it depends on any, and like everyone. For example, I got involved in a student organization related to well, it's like a he for she chapter in my university. Um, and I got to know about iGEM. So um, iGEM is a competition in Boston. It's a biology competition. Well, no, it's not in Boston. But it's a synthetic <laughs> biology competition that unites all of these teams from everywhere in the world. And you get to develop a project um, related to anything that you want on synthetic biology. So I got to know about iGEM because the past team was looking for new members and they went to several classrooms and they were talking about what it was iGEM and what they did for their project. And that's how I got to know them. 
Um, there's iGEM in a lot of universities around the world, especially in Asia, Europe, North America. So maybe in your university, like for anyone that's watching, sometimes even in high schools, there's an iGEM team that you can join if you're interested in superior biology. And, but it's not the only student group related to science. For example, in my university, there are, uh, there are several student groups that focus on space, on physics, on making rocket ships or boats. Hmm. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of science nerds out there willing to form groups or organizations of student-led projects that you can get involved in just if you start asking to people, the people that you meet even in non-related projects, maybe they can know about other projects that you can get involved in. It's a lot of word of mouth. And a lot of, um, yeah, I think talking to people and asking questions. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask uh, if anyone knows about these student groups. There are sometimes, I don't know, Facebook groups of your university. Yeah, there are many ways in which you can get to know about these. Great. And now I want to focus more on iGEM. For everyone listening, iGEM is the International Genetically Engineered Machine Competition, which is an international synthetic biology competition in which you basically do research, do experiments, and come up with your conclusions all around synthetic biology. And some some people who participate in iGEM even start their own startups. So it's pretty cool, in my opinion. I have started participating in that as well. And I want to know about you, Yvonne. I know that we've previously talked about this, but what's it like to work on an iGEM project? How did you sign up for it? And what top lessons did you get from it? So I think there are so many lessons that to be that can be learned from iGEM. Uh, where can I start? So when in my, I think every iGEM experience is a little bit different, but in general, I found that it is super positive. So in my case, um, well, first of all, I got to work with a group of people, an amazing group of people that I still mm. um, I'm in touch with and um, that I had never met before. So it was a whole new experience getting to meet these science nerds that were like just, <laughs> yeah, super excited for the same things that you were. Uh, I think that's pretty difficult in many, um, if you're like a science nerd and you love science, it's, there, it's not super common to find people your age that are interested in the same things. But not, not only science, I think a lot of um, other hobbies, but, um, yeah, so I first of all, like getting to work with people, teamwork, I think communication was like one of the biggest lessons that I learned from iGEM. It, it's a student-led project and we basically, we had mentors, but we were the ones in charge of the project. So it was super important to learn about communication, to learn about how to develop a project, a project from scratch. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think there are so many lessons. And I think here, 
especially in Idrim, I I got to learn that I did not know anything about anything. Like when I got into Idrim, I didn't even know how to read a research paper because like English is not my first language, so it's not super easy to understand all of these like technical terms and uh, vocabulary, which you get used to it eventually, but it's I think difficult to start learning how to read an actual paper and understand the information. So it's it comes a lot with experience and practice and learning from your peers. So in my case, I was in second semester when I got into IGEM, but there were people that were already in fifth, sixth semester sometimes. They're already almost graduating. Um, so you can always ask whatever you don't know. You can always Google it. Um, not only people in your lab, you can ask to, you can reach out to other researchers around the world. They're just an email away. And a lot of them are willing to help students that are interested in these projects. So don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's maybe one of the biggest lessons that I learned. There are many people that are willing to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Like collaboration, communication, as well as just figuring things out, and as you were saying, just uh, learning how to read a research paper, learning how to, uh, I don't know, Google information that you don't know, and um, maybe after the lessons, getting a little bit more into the actual project, uh, I remember that it was something related to cystic fibrosis. I am not completely sure, so maybe you can uh, just briefly describe what your project was about for those who, who are curious about it. Yeah, so first of all, iDream is a project that you develop in a year, sometimes two, but the competition is yearly. So we developed this project in a year. And well, first, I'm going to tell you what, what it was about. So sure. we wanted to focus on cystic fibrosis because it is an orphan disease that many people have. But I mean, there's obviously research, but it is not super researched as other illnesses such as cancer, for example, which there is a lot of funding for. So um, we talked to experts, we contacted people that work in organizations that help people with cystic fibrosis. And first we, we wanted to make a mucolytic treatment, which basically means that people with cystic fibrosis have a really thick mucus in their lungs and many of their organs and they have to cough this up because it can obstruct their airways. Uh, so they have, there are some medicines in the market, but these are super expensive and not always available for people in Mexico and especially from coming from low-income families. So we had this idea of creating an oncolytic treatment that was based on sialidasis. Uh, we were going to synthesize these enzymes on E. coli, extract them, and then um, like nebulize them into a patient's lungs and that way theoretically it could start to degrade their mucus and then they could expel it more like easier easily <laughs> um it's we obviously didn't test it on patients that's super prohibited in IGEM, but yeah. it was just like this um sort of um idea that we got to go into the lab and develop but this project, when we talked to the experts, was not enough. Um, it was, I mean, there are already some medicines in the market and the mucus is not the only problem. 
that people with cystic fibrosis have to encounter. Because of this mucus, they can develop a lot of infections, um, especially from a bacteria called Pseudomonas originosa. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but um, yeah, this bacteria gets into their lungs and because of the mucus, it cannot come out and then it infects them. And when antibiotics are administered to try to kill it because of the thick mucus again, uh, they start to develop this resistance to antibiotics. And that is one of the biggest problems with cystic fibrosis patients is that yeah, sometimes they administer an antibiotic four times and afterwards it doesn't work and they run out of antibiotics. So, I mean, doctors don't know what to do. They, I mean, coming out with antibiotics is like super hard. There haven't been many antibiotic discoveries in the last few years. So to complement our mucolytic treatment, we decided to create this whole cell biosensor that was able to detect um, or identify if there, if there were um, antibiotics in the ambient that our biosensor was going to be with, it, was going to be in. Uh, and we did this with five promoters that were activated by different antibiotic mechanisms. And yeah, that's how we, it, it emitted a green light and that's how we could potentially identify antibiotics and then test them and, you know, analyze if they were actually new antibiotics or if they were already, um, if they had already been discovered. So that was like our basic project, like super briefly explained. Um, so a <laughs> thing about iGEM is that there are many projects that can develop into startups that can develop into these big things. But our project, it was not the case. Like we were a pretty rookie team. Team, we actually did very well in the competition. We got a gold medal. Um, but our project didn't work. We couldn't test them in patients, obviously because of ethical reasons. Um, even like I mean, even with all of these like challenges, it was a super enriching experience. I got to learn a lot. I, I got to work in an you know, actual biotech um, laboratory. It was my first time. Uh, doing bacterial transformations, ligations, um, learning like all of these genetic engineering techniques like gel electrophoresis, transformations, PCR, uh, etc. So I got to learn a lot of those protocols. And the thing about iDREM is that when I got into it, as I, I think I mentioned it before, I was, I didn't have any experience with anything like biotech related. I couldn't even read a paper. so. My AGM experience was pretty much for running protocols, which I mean, I learned a lot. It was super amazing. I loved it, but I, I couldn't get involved in all of these other areas of the project, such as uh, proposing new ideas, proposing changes, robot shooting. I just didn't have the basis. I, don't, I didn't feel prepared. So like, yeah, from this experience, we can, we can, we're going to, talk more about it and sure <laughs> but yeah that was what i got about our project basically for sure it's well it sounds like a lot of work now that i think about it well 
However, as you say it as well, it sounds like a very fulfilling experience from which one can learn a lot, like not only about science, but also about teamwork and communication. There are also a lot of areas within an item team that, that one can uh, participate in, like software, um, wet lab, dry lab, communication, getting the funds, because of course it isn't like a very, maybe economically accessible competition for everyone around the world. So you need to think about that as well. But in any case, for those of you listening, this is end of part two of this episode. Uh, you know that when we have longer interviews, I like to split them into two so it doesn't feel like a lot of information to kind of digest. So I just want to end up by saying that uh, remember that we have an Instagram page as well as, well, not an Instagram page, I sound like an older person, actually an Instagram account and a Twitter account so you can follow us there and get value every single day with the quotes and the people um, that I talk about. So remember also that we have almost weekly episodes because sometimes it's a little bit challenging to come up with something new every week but I almost try to do that and I'll see you in the next one bye